going on? Uh, can we ask you about this news that uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment in, or has said he's going to Oh my direct. God, really? Oh my gosh, you know, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it. Please don't do it. Oh no, oh no. All right, what you just witnessed there was John Fetterman acting very childish, dressed childishly, no respect for the office of the Senate and being a senator. But that's what happens when you don't really win and they rig it on your behalf. You don't appreciate the institution. You don't respect it. And not to mention that the guy is not all there upstairs anyway, even on his best day. And of course, always having handlers and staffers around him, like we see Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden, they can't speak for themselves. They have to have handlers speak for them. Oh, we got we to get into a staff meeting. All right, just in case you haven't heard today, Kevin McCarthy announced formally the impeachment inquiry into the illegitimate Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Let's hit the intro and let's get right into the announcement by Kevin McCarthy of this impeachment inquiry. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. You know, in the months that we were gone, in the weeks, House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct. Taken together, these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. Now, here's what we know so far. Through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. Eyewitnesses have testified that the President joined on multiple phone calls and had multiple interactions. Dinners resulted in cars and millions of dollars into his sons and his sons' business partners. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shale companies. The Treasury Department alone has more than 150 transactions involving the Biden family and other business associates that were flagged as suspicious activity by U.S. banks. Even a trusted FBI informant has alleged a bribe to the Biden family. Biden used his official office to coordinate with Hunter Biden's business partners about Hunter's role in Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company. Finally, despite these serious allegations, it appears that the president's family has been offered special treatment by Biden's own administration, treatment that not otherwise would have received if they were not related to the president. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, 
and corruption, and they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. That's why today I am directing our House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. That's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the President would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. All right, uh, let me, did my voice just crack there like a 12-year-old? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Welcome to the BCP, a podcast where occasionally I, your host, James, the Black Conservative Patriot, the Base Conservative Patriot, the Bold Conservative Patriot, the Blessed Christian Patriarch, goes back to his 12 and 13-year-old self, probably 13, I think it was a little bit late in my puberty. No, I was in seventh grade, so yeah, 12, 12 13. Uh, and my voice cracks. Big hug to all of y'all. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate your support. This is a subscriber-supported show. We appreciate your subscription and your support. Now, we know that there's a uniparty swamp in D.C. Sometimes you expect certain politicians to be more stalwart and not surprise you. Here's some of the Republican senators and their response to the House impeachment into President Biden. This first one is uh, Tom Cotton. Kind of surprised that uh, he didn't want to elaborate. Do you support the House moving forward with an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden? No comment at this time. I'm surprised Senator Cotton had nothing to to say. Uh, This next uh, one is, I believe that's Ted Budd of North Carolina. He didn't really want to comment on what was going on there, but at least he educated the public on how this whole thing works. You know, there's a mounting amount of evidence, and I'm, I know they're going to make the right decision. But let's remember, impeachment is about bringing the charges, and it's not about the conviction that takes two-thirds of the Senate. Great answer by Senator Budd. There's plenty of evidence. At, uh, the impeachment at the House is just charges, and remind the public that two-thirds of the Senate must convict. Okay, that's good. Now, let's get into a little bit of, a little bit of entertainment, right? And that would come courtesy of the great Louisiana senator. You know who I'm talking about, the great Kennedy. Well, that's up to the House. Unless you've been living in your parents' basement, you can see based on the evidence so far that uh, President Biden was well aware uh, that his son was peddling influence and uh, aggressively enabled it. (laughs) I love I love Senator John Kennedy. Hey, unless you've been living under your parents' basement, everyone knows what's going on here. Uh, Okay, so let's get to uh, one of Joe Biden's friends, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. The bottom line is, if you can't admire Joe Biden as a person, then it's probably, you got a problem. (laughs) You need to do some self-evaluation. Because what's not to like? If you're going to impeach a president, you should have an inquiry vote. The Democrats didn't do that. But I think the way to make an inquiry legitimate is to have a vote as to whether or not you should have one at all, rather than just the leadership deciding. So I don't know if they have the votes, but I would applaud the process of where they actually have to vote. And there we had Joe Biden's friend, Lindsey Graham, also going the educational route 
and of course wanting to hold the House Republicans to a higher standard than Nancy Pelosi did with the House and the two sham impeachments of President Trump. All right, now let's go over to Chucky Schumer, Chuck Schumer of New York, uh, the Senate Majority Leader, a man who should not be the Senate Majority Leader because they stole the Senate race in Georgia and gave it uh, to Warnock and company. Georgia, a cesspool of stolen elections. What did he have to say? What did Chucky Schumer, the man who was all but willing and able and happy in two sham impeachments and witch hunts, which hunts against President Trump. What does he have to say about all of this? I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. The bottom line is, as we've said, you can only accomplish keeping the government open in a bipartisan way. Chucky Schumer, the man who both times was very active in leading the Senate trial of President Trump in two sham impeachments. All of a sudden, there's no energy, no time for an impeachment at the Senate. I'd be beating a dead horse to oblivion and to a pulp if we went down the road of the hypocrisy of Chucky Schumer and the Democrats. So let's go back to the Republicans. How about his counter uh, part? The minority leader who, even as a bad politician, had he backed President Trump and made sure President Trump won in 2020. Actually, President Trump did win, but that actually that helped him in proving the stolen election instead of being a swamp creature would still be majority leader today of the Senate. What did Ditch Mitch freeze up? I'm having seizures in the middle of press conferences Mitch McConnell, what did he have to say about all of this? I, I'm going to say it again. I don't think Speaker McCarthy needs any advice from the Senate on how to run the House. Mitch McConnell. All right. Now let's go over to North Carolina's Tom Tillis. His answer is kind of like uh, some other ones. Hey, let this uh, kind of like what Mitch McConnell just said. Hey, let the House do what they're doing. They're doing a good job. But he also lets us know that it's a foregone conclusion that it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate. Of course not. Because even though we don't have a majority of the Republicans in the Senate, even if we did, they don't have the chutzpah to go all the way anyway. It's about us doing the homework. I don't feel like the Democrats did their homework in the two impeachment proceedings. If they've got facts and evidence, they want to run through it traditional process. We'll see what the result is. I don't think that it's going to result in a removal on the Senate side, but if there's meaningful information that they think the American people need to know about, I'm okay with it. All right. I think we've heard our fair share of weakness from the rhino senators. Let's go back to where the real fight is. Let's go back to the House of Representatives and let's listen to what the House Freedom Caucus had to say. Uh, Here's Scott Perry putting a Lame sounds like an international reporter, a woke, left ideologically and propagandizing journalist in her place. You can always tell they're journalists on the left because they don't ask questions. Their questions are already loaded with their propaganda and their opinion before they even ask it. Listen. 
I like how Scott Perry handled this one. Yes, ma'am. Can I ask, what actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you... Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge... Uh, this isn't about political Trump. revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, or the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. She has the gall to say, well, what evidence do you have besides allegations that the American people would think that this wasn't just political revenge? And then he just succinctly hits the bullet points. And the best part is he reminds everyone that Joe Biden himself bragging at the Council of Foreign Relations about getting Shokin fired outed what he, the corruption himself out of his own freaking lips. Incredible. What do the attorneys have to say about this? Sure, you know what the American people think, but here's what they might wonder. Yeah, she's got two whammies going against her for understanding what the American people think. One, from her accent, sounds like international journalist. And second, even if she were a domestic journalist, these people live in a bubble and have no idea what average everyday Americans think about politics and what's going on in this country. Actually, if you're a federal prosecutor, you would be asking yourself, how can there not have been an indictment for a FARA violation against Hunter Biden? How can there possibly, I, my understanding and con, uh, discussions with staff have confirmed my impulse that this would be very much the the basis of a foreign of a um, a, a foreign corrupt practices act investigation, uh, given the circumstances that we know. Remember, Trump's advisor Paul Manafort was charged, indicted, had all kinds of problems for not registering as a foreign agent. Same thing with Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, but. Uh, Pedo's John Podesta and his brother, brother Tony Podesta uh, totally got a, a total slide on that. Nothing happened to them. See how it works? Farah only works against Trump people and Republicans, but they don't need to register as foreign agents if they're Democrats or part of the power structure in D.C. And right now, you know, everyone's trying to protect the Bidens. The question is, you know, it's funny. After we come out of the events of that John Durham, for example, testified to, to our committees about how investigations proceeded through our investigative agencies without proper predication. It's not that you have to prove the case. It's not that you understand to this point, there's not been a single subpoena to a Hunter Biden bank account or a Joe Biden bank account or any other Biden family member's bank account. Because until an impeachment, until an impeachment inquiry commences, 
that's not a jurisdictional possibility. Well, it would be stretching jurisdiction to do that. But there's ample predication at this point in time based on that very unusual set of circumstances, which is for no apparent payment for expertise or services rendered, Biden family members writ large received over $20 million. That we know now, of. That we know of. It is very simple for someone just to insist there's an absence of evidence. But you, if you can look in the face of that and contend that, that's, you know, anyone has a right to their opinion. What they can't do is change the facts. And I invite you to go to the website clyde.house.gov forward slash Biden crime family, and you will see all the evidence from the oversight committee. You will see all the evidence. And if you're willing to read it, I think you'll be convinced. Thank you all. Thank you. All right. So the attorneys did a good job there. And I love that uh, the end there. Documentation beats conversation. Or as someone put in one of the comments, I'm sorry, I would give you credit for it. It was like a reminder, the full thing is documentation beats conversation any day of the week. All right, let's get into Matt Gates. Not impressed with uh, at all with uh, this move by Kevin McCarthy. Not that he doesn't want this to happen, but he's calling Kevin McCarthy out for being a swamp creature and not doing what he said he's going to do, writ large, as a whole. Just another swampy talker, talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Today we took down the rule because we're frustrated at the way this place is operating. You know, We took a stand in January to end the era of the imperial speakership. We're concerned that the fundamental commitments that allowed Kevin McCarthy to uh, assume the speakership have been violated as a consequence of the debt limit deal. He has to abide by the the agreements that he made at the beginning of of this uh, Congress. Mm -hmm. When he was elected speaker, he made promises. Uh, We wanted to abide by those promises. All right, so uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, that was Matt Gates, congressman out of Florida, and Ken Buck, Republican out of Colorado. Matt Gates went to town today on Kevin McCarthy publicly from the House floor. On this very floor in January, the whole world witnessed a historic contest for House Speaker. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. We have had no vote on term limits or on balanced budgets as the agreement demanded and required. There's been no full release of the January 6th tapes. As you promised, there has been insufficient accountability for the Biden crime family. And instead of cutting spending to raise the debt limit, you relied on budgetary gimmicks and rescissions so that you ultimately ended up serving as the valet to underwrite Biden's debt and advance his spending agenda. Mr. Speaker, you boasted in January that we would use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. But here we are, eight months later, and we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. That's how you know that the rushed and you know, somewhat rattled performance you just saw from the Speaker isn't real. At this point, during Democrat control over the House of Representatives, they had already brought in Don Jr. three times. And we haven't even sent the first subpoena to Hunter Biden. Power of the subpoena and power. 
obviously, Matt Gates was not impressed with the beginning of the impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden earlier this morning. Matt Gates saying, okay, you've done this, but there's been no subpoena. And it's not just that, it's the power of the purse as well. Or the purse. Only thing the 118th Congress is known for at this point is electing Kevin McCarthy speaker and underwriting Biden's debt. And unfortunately, there's only one of those things we can remediate at this time. Power of the purse. Our leadership right now is asking us to vote for a continuing resolution. A vote for a continuing resolution is a vote to continue the Green New Deal, a vote to continue inflationary spending, and in the most troubling of fashions, a vote for a continuing resolution is a vote to continue the election interference of Jack Smith. Mr. Speaker, we told you how to use the power of the purse. Individual, single subject spending bills that would allow us to have specific review, programmatic analysis, and that would allow us to zero out the salaries of the bureaucrats who have broken bad, targeted President Trump, or cut sweetheart deals for Hunter Biden. Matt Gates is on fire. But one of the things that he brings up and we discussed was Kevin McCarthy said, hey, no more pork. We're going to, you know, vote on these things individually. You know, just this, a spending bill for this particular thing. Just no pork, no just throwing a whole bunch of stuff in to make these overinflated budgets. And here we are on the precipice yet again at the end of this month. These bastards can't even balance the budget. It's like their basic duty and they can't do it. They always come late. They always have to extend it. They have to do these continuing resolutions. Just imagine if your job, like if the CFO or even just like a staff accountant didn't have his numbers in on time for the quarterlies or the monthlies or for payroll. Absolutely amazing what these guys and gals get away with on both sides of the aisle. The whole thing is corrupt and stinks to high heaven. September 30th is rapidly approaching, and you have not put us in a position to succeed. There is no way to pass all the individual appropriations bills now. And it's not like we didn't know when September 30th was going to show up on the calendar. I must be better. You must be better. And this House must be better, for it is the last best hope for tens of millions of Republicans. That is true. The House Republicans have more of a fighting spirit. I mean, you've got some good people. For instance, I like Ted Cruz, but Ted Cruz is not really a leader. No one's really following him in the Senate. Then you've got swamp creatures like Mitch McConnell. And, uh, you know, John Thune, who's, I don't know, is he the anointed to be next? Then you got people like Mitt Romney, the, the uh, senator from my new home state of Utah. Can't wait till I move to Texas or Florida or Tennessee. Uh, he'll be out, though. Oh, oh, he'll he'll be out. They're not having him in in Utah again. You know, I mean, think about it. Who who really do we have in the Senate? I mean, you got like Josh Hawley, flashes of brilliance, and of course, you know, you've got Iowa, you got Rand Paul, you've got Chuck Grassley, you've got Johnson. So there's some people on there, but who's like have this youthful vigor in fighting for America and for Republicans? In the Senate, as far as on the Republican side, no one that's incredibly, incredibly impressive. You don't have an equivalent, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. I don't think you have an equivalent to a Matt Gates or a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Lauren Boebert. 
Uh, Kennedy's pretty good. But I'm talking about youthful fighting spirit for America, the Constitution, for Republicans, for MAGA, America first. The Senate's just lethargic and geriatric. We demand real oversight against this weaponized government. Just look at the bribery. If tens of millions of dollars flowing from foreign corrupt people into the bank accounts of the Biden family wasn't enough for actual impeachment, why were we even looking? Joe Biden deserves impeachment for converting the vice presidency into an ATM machine for virtually his entire family. We all see it. We all know it. Now, moments ago, Speaker McCarthy endorsed an impeachment inquiry. This is a baby step following weeks of pressure from House conservatives to do more. We must move faster. Now, I will concede that the votes I have called for will likely fail term limits, balanced budgets, maybe even impeachment. I am prepared for that eventuality because at least if we take votes, the American people get to see who's fighting for them and who's willing to tolerate more corruption and business as usual. Mr. Speaker, dust off our written January agreement. You have a copy. Reflect on the spirit of that agreement and build on the start that we had moments ago. Begin to comply. No continuing resolutions, individual spending bills are bust, votes on balanced budgets and term limits, subpoenas for Hunter Biden and the members of the Biden family who've been grifting off of this country, and the impeachment for Joe Biden that he so richly deserves. Do these things or face a motion to vacate the chair. Gotta love that passion and that fire and the realism of the situation being faced and the stalwart nature of Matt Gates to do the right thing regardless and fight back against the uniparty, you know, the rhinos and the Democrats who want status quo, who want everything to go back the way it was before. They want business as usual. And let me alert the country. A motion to vacate might not pass at first, but it might before the 15th vote. And if Democrats bail out McCarthy, as they may do, then I will lead the resistance to this uniparty and the Biden-McCarthy-Jeffries government that they are attempting to build. I know that Washington isn't a town where people are known for keeping their word. Well, Speaker McCarthy, I'm here to hold you to yours. I yield back. Oh, I'll do it like Fetterman did at the very beginning of this. <gasps> oh, oh, accountability in Washington. What a weird novel concept but one that is much welcomed. I'll be back tomorrow with more analysis and reports. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.